Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to the 115 Sports NFL Podcast. I am joined by Dallas Dollside. As always, Dallas, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? We've got a wonderful Tuesday evening in store, and man, were there those some great championship football games we had the past couple days. We're going to talk about the championship football games, and hey, guess what's on Sunday, Jack? The Pro Bowl, baby. Isn't that super Super exciting. Honestly, maybe the best thing all year. I'm excited for the skills competition. That's the one thing I can get excited for. You ready to watch that dodgeball competition? Aaron Jeffrey somewhere. He's coming. I know he's coming. Oh, he's, late, he's late again. He's a red light right now. Late again. Here he comes. There I think he is. Here he is. He's here. He's coming in. Make say, say hello. There he is. Hello, Aaron. How you? Uh, how you doing on this Tuesday evening? Doing wonderful. Funny story about Aaron. Today we went for lunch together to Subway played some Madden at the lunch break, and then we were walking back to school, and the light was about to, to go to a walking oh, sign, we go. and there, weren't, there wasn't a car for a mile. Not a car for a mile. So there were four of us total, and three of the four walked across the street like normal human beings. And Aaron uh, stayed And guess on the what side? Aaron did? Aaron stayed on the side. Safety first. I mean, a good what happened, Samaritan though? citizen. I love it. I'm a good Samaritan, and also he's fabricating that story because it was not close to turning. It was, I waited there for an extra, like, 20, 25 seconds. So they, by law. They broke it. They were breaking the law. They broke it. Interesting. We broke it. All right, let's talk about football, because I think we're going to make this a little bit quicker episode today, because we we seem to get sidetracked in these episodes pretty easily. Uh, I think it'll be about normal pace, but just less to talk about now with later teams in the season. Let's talk about the AFC Championship game. This game started off really interesting, actually. The Titans got up early. 10-0 in this one. Aaron was feeling real confident about his pick, and then uh, he was even texting me, you know, I believe in the Titans, I believe in this, I believe in that. Hashtag remember the Titans. Okay, and uh, no, the Chiefs came out on top, and uh, was anybody really surprised here? I mean, I think they played as well as they could have, <clears throat> to be completely honest with you. they the, the Tennessee Titans right now are in an interesting spot because... In a way, they pleased their franchise with this season result. They started off two and four. They put Mariota on the bench, which was a lot. A lot of Titans fans wanted that. They're like, "We're done with Mariota. We're sick and tired of him. Get someone else in." But Ryan Tannehill, more than anything, capable backup in this league. And hey, they went seven and three after that, and got into the playoffs. AFC Championship is probably their ceiling, though, with that with the roster they have. They, uh, it's it's a weird feeling in Tennessee because I don't think they're that sad over this loss. I think they're more like, you know what, that's that's good enough for us, you know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was pretty obviously the uh, they're the Cinderella story of the NFL playoffs this year. Everybody loves a good underdog, but uh, unfortunately, the underdog uh, it, it has to lose at some point. The underdog never really seems to win the whole thing. They just maybe go on a little run. So you know, uh, definitely, I think it. it I disagree with what you said, though, about how they played their best. Derrick Henry didn't even go for 100 yards here. You got to give a lot of credit to the Chiefs' defense. They found a way to shut him down somehow. Yeah, well, when that's all you really have for an option is Derrick Henry. You can't really expect him to go for more than 100-plus yards every single game. There's going to be other production factors in it, too. And when when one guy is doing all the work, it's very easy to just target on that one guy and stop him. Sorry, my mic is off. Got to turn your mic on. I got to turn my mic on. And walk uh, across the street when it's time. Well, I walk across the street when it is time. You walk across the street illegally and jaywalk. I will not be receiving tickets. I save my money. But uh, oh. this is one of those games. It's not even just 
I don't think the Titans. This is gonna sound weird. The Titans didn't really. Th- there was not much more they could have done just because of how powerful the Chiefs are. That offense is absolutely in, like one of the best we've seen, and they have so many weapons that it's just hard to cover them. They have a couple of receivers on that team that could almost be number ones on a lot of teams in this league, and that makes it hard to play like any kind of coverage because you're always having to go back to zone. And a quarterback like Mahomes can easily pick apart a zone defense. And that's why I think the Kansas City Chiefs are just such a good team because it's so hard to cover those wide receivers. And yeah, the Titans did a, a decent job uh, containing Mahomes at the start. Mahomes got off to a bit of a struggling start. The Titans were able to go up 10 nothing. They even led 17-7 at one point. But uh, Mahomes also used his legs on that one amazing touchdown score which really kind of almost sealed the deal yeah, at that w- point. Once you saw that one, you kind of figured, uh, uh-oh. If you're a Titans fan and you see that run, that amazing like uh, toe-tap run on the sideline there, you uh, your heart sank a little bit. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, this, this game was still really entertaining, though, as it went on. The Titans had a nice fake punt in their own on their own 20-yard line down uh, more than two possessions with six minutes left. It was actually kind of funny watching this play because even Tony Romo and Nance in the booth were just like, they're punting? And then Romo kind of even called it. They're like, this doesn't make sense unless they want a fake punt. They went and did the fake punt, and the Chiefs were caught very off guard for some reason. But, um, no, the Chiefs just look really sharp right now. They look like the team to beat in the in the AFC, I should say, and not really a surprising factor. They, they won one. the AFC. So. They're the team to beat in the AFC? No, I meant like they were the team to beat the whole way, I felt like, at the start. Oh, yeah, even at the start. You wouldn't. You didn't think the Ravens were that team? No, I'm just saying that uh, for overall, they were more talented. I think as a roster, the Ravens had one guy in Lamar. The Chiefs, I think, had a bit more more scary weapons. Yeah, that's especially fair. on. I don't know on both sides of the ball. I'm gonna. Overall. I'll probably disagree with you. And, on maybe and they got the, the better more, coach. They've they got, got the better, the better coach. coach. I'll give you that. I like Andy Reid a lot as a play caller. I like him a lot as the coach. Did you see what he did after the AFC Championship win? He ate a cheeseburger and he went to bed. Like that's just. That's typical Andy Reid. I love it. Hey, Chiefs don't mess fans with... were loving with Andy Reid. I love it. I love loving it. on him. Don't mess it. with Andy Reid after a bye week. Super Bowl. Don't mess with Andy Reid after a bye week. Even though he has been to one and unfortunately lost it. I'm not going to say what team he was coaching at the time. but He, he was did coaching lose. the 2005 Philadelphia Eagles team when they lost to the New England Patriots. I'll stand by it. No, car- uh, no Nick Foles, no Super Bowls for... Uh... 2004 Philadelphia Eagles. Well, yeah, I suppose. Okay. Anyways, but, anyways, yeah, pretty good game. I think we all I enjoyed watching it. I watched every minute of it. Both games were pretty good, actually. So, one of you guys want to chat about the NFC game now? Yeah, I'm like sure. uh, just totally unprepared Green Bay Packers team we saw on Sunday. Unfortunately, I I wanted to see another really good football game. This one never really got to that point due to the amount of mistakes the Packers made, uh, especially on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Raheem Mostert, oh my goodness. I, I just want to say, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of the Packers during the regular season, but from what I saw in the playoffs, I mean, even against Seattle, I don't think they looked really that good. Um, how did this team go 13-3? and Like, that's my question. I've been saying it all year. I think the Packers were overrated the entire time. They ran an old-style system that used to work back in, like, the 1990s and 80s where you'd have a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. And that's really all the Packers had. They had Aaron Jones... Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers. That's all they had to use. And when you only have that, you're not going to be able to make an offense because the defenses are starting to get so good that they can shut down the run if you only have one running back. 
they can shut down that one wide receiver. You need to have other guys that you can use, and the Packers just didn't have that. And the other issue is you have to be able to stop the run a tiny bit. Like, they were they were letting um, Raheem Mozart go for, like, 20-yard runs consistently, and it just it doesn't work like that. You need to be able to hold them to, even if it's five-yard runs, you can make them think about throwing the ball every once in a while. I don't even think the 49ers, they're like, I don't need to throw the ball. Why do I need to throw it right now? Well, that's what basically they said. That's what Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo was asked in his press conference after the game. You only threw the ball eight times. What was happening? He's like, I didn't need to. Did you see how well the run was working? Like So, like you said, the Packers had no answer for Raheem Mostert. And it was, uh, it was honestly really surprising to see the Packers just kind of not even really put up a fight in this game. No. Yeah, well, I, I don't think it's really at all on the offense's fault in this game. Like you said, the run was just killing the Packers so much, and everyone wants to harp on the Green Bay offense and how they're running their systems. They ran their systems fine. They made a key, they made a key couple turnovers on the stretch, but realistically, it was the defense that lost in this game. If, it, if you're going to allow 220 yards on the ground by a team and 29 rushes, it means you're not going to hardly even have the ball for your offense. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think we need to rip on the Green Bay Packers offense too too much here especially this season Aaron Jones led the league in rushing touchdowns I don't know why we need to criticize the Packers offense in I, this one so we're saying it's we the Packers defense that lost this game okay but what the Packers defense getting tired in this game okay they're on the field so much because the because the 49ers running the ball Packers need to put a drive together to give their defense some rest so they have time to stop the run and think of new play calls and have time to think about it. If you're running and going four, three and out or going like getting one first down on a drive, that's not going to help the team. And also the fumble, Aaron Rodgers fumbles the ball on a snap. We don't see that often. It just wasn't the Green Bay Packers offense we were accustomed to. And that affects the whole team because then the defense is on there a lot more and they're getting a lot more tired. It is 10 times more tiring to be a defensive player than it is to be an offensive player because an offensive player is able to create tempo where the defensive player has to keep up with tempo. Correct. You are, Aaron. That is exactly right. But that drive where they fumbled wouldn't be the time because they were starting on their own 10-yard line on that drive. and they 25. Fumbled, and they, they fumbled on the San Francisco almost in their red zone. So they had... Like, it wasn't really that much uh, they were just tired they just couldn't stop the run it, it, they weren't tired on the first drive of the when, when they were when it was third and eight and Raheem Mostart runs the ball on third and eight and gets untouched they weren't tired there it was just bad well, coaching overall that that, I, that is fair but you talk about that fumble drive I have the stats right here they started on their own 25 they went 50 yards the drive only took three minutes the drive That's only still a decent amount of time. It's still a decent drive, but your offense has been abused. Your defense, sorry, has been abused. They've let up points on the last three drives. You need to run the ball, slow down the clock, and get back in the game with your defense because the defense, yeah, they let up that they let up that first big play, but then they they just couldn't get back into it. And you needed your offense to get them back into it. You need your offense to have a long drive that took up time and maybe put a field goal up, give the defense a bit of confidence, and then they can go out there and get back get back into it. It's just it's hard to be a defense when you start getting scored on, it's hard to recover and get back into it when your offense isn't doing anything either. Another thing with this one is just coaching. I guess uh, Matt LaFleur, he's a 40-year-old first-year coach. His team's down 27-nothing at the half. 
the team goes into the, lo the locker room at halftime. What do you guys think the mood was when it was 27 nothing? Well, it was obviously not not great. I mean, uh, and I uh, I just want to add, I kind of agree with Aaron on the whole defense uh, got had to do better, but I think it was more the Green Bay offense. Obviously, um, the San Francisco, like the Green Bay defense, gave up 37 points and let Raheem Mostert run all over them, but. Is Aaron Rodgers' stats, they look like he had a pretty good game. I mean, he went for 31 for 39 with 326 yards, a couple touchdowns, and a couple picks. But I don't think he played as well as his stats look. I don't think this was Aaron Rodgers' best game at all. And the two picks he threw were actually pretty bad picks. Like, I think he definitely wanted both of those Definitely wasn't his back. best game. I agree with you on that. It definitely wasn't like the Aaron Rodgers show that we've been accustomed to over the year. I guess really overall in this entire season... Green Bay hasn't been known for Aaron Rodgers. They've been known for Aaron Jones and their running attack, and that that's another thing they didn't really get going either. No, but yeah. that because they had to throw the ball so much because they were down so early, and then their defense couldn't get a stop at the end of the game even to give them a chance. But yeah, if you guys want to take the offense, I'm going to take Green Bay's defense. When you allow 230 yards on the ground, you're not going to win many games. I think a big problem with Green Bay's offense all year, and I don't think we talked about it enough as we, when we talk about Green Bay, is yes, we think Green Bay's got a great offense. They've got Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Jones, which is fantastic. But if you look outside of that, it's essentially like no one. Jimmy Graham's kind of washed up. At Jimmy this Graham point. is completely washed up. I couldn't name their second wide receiver right now. I think his last name is Lazar. Like I, he, Aaron Rodgers has no weapons when they double covered when they double covered Devontae Adams and then Aaron Jones. Uh, obviously, running backs can't get it going every week. So when if he's having a bad game and they're cover double covering. Um, Devontae Adams, he's got really nowhere to go. So I think uh, one of the biggest uh, improvements Green Bay needs to make this offseason is they need to give Aaron Rodgers a couple, a couple more weapons on offense, and I think they could be right back uh, where they were this year. Yeah, you just look yeah. at the two like tight ends. Like you said, Jimmy Graham's a little bit washed up. Look at the two tight ends that are going to the Super Bowl. You've got Travis Kelsey, and then you've got George Kittle. The two best in the league. Yeah, so obviously you, you need that scary tight end that can help with things. Jimmy Graham's not a bad player by any means. He's had an amazing career, but uh, he's kind of been passed around team to team now in this uh, latter part of his career, and I think his career's got to be coming to a close sometime soon. Yeah, and they, uh, Green Bay needs to sign a couple of free agents. Brian Bulaga is a free agent at the end of this uh, season, too. He's a pretty key piece to their offensive line there. Their offensive line uh, is actually one of their better parts of their offense. If they uh, maybe draft a guy in the third round kind of thing, maybe bolster that a little bit. But I think the main need uh, for Green Bay right now is not defensive skill positions. It's definitely offensive skill positions. Yeah, they just I, it's just one of those things where you just need to have more of an attack you need to have that deep threat that can open up the offense but you also need guys that can play underneath go underneath routes it's a football is one of the greatest team games in all of sports it's the one game that if one thing falls apart everything's falling apart because if your offensive line stops working quarterback's going to get sacked play's not going to work the guy runs the wrong route play could not work there's so many things that if one thing goes wrong the whole play can mess up. It's the same thing on defense. Guy misses coverage, play goes for 80 yards. Okay, let's talk Let's talk about the – like you guys want to draft someone on offense if you're Green Bay. How many players on the defense that stand out to you? I'm not saying they don't the, need – There's not. Whoa, 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 they whoa, don't whoa, whoa. have guys that stand out on defense, and you know it's true. They have Aaron Rodgers on offense. They have Devontae Adams on offense. They have Aaron Jones on – their offense is great. It's good. It's, it's, it's a big – what does their defense have? They're, I think are you saying their offense is? I'm saying I'm saying I'm not saying their defense doesn't need stuff. You guys can't just, give me one name. 
their defense is pretty solid this year. Adrian Amos had so a pretty so solid year. Green Bay offense, I'd, I'd take that any day. I want that offense. That's my offense. I want that on my team. You'd want it's that exactly. definitely a top five, top ten offense in this league. Yes. Really? I would, but if you look, like, they got, like, Rashad Gary's a pretty solid pick there in Green Bay. They got Adrian Amos, who had a pretty good year. Their defense was solid this year it's all young, the way though. It's still pretty young. It's still and young. I, I agree. Like, you guys make it sound like Green Bay's got this amazing defense. It's, That's not, it's not what gonna, we were saying at all, though. But you guys want to blame this game on the offense. I'm saying the offense didn't do, you're saying it's a top offense. They didn't score any points in the first half. Yeah, they That's were losing 27 nothing. They were also game, gave up 27 points on okay, defense. But they wouldn't be down 27 if they would have scored some flipping points. I, yeah. All well, they actually, do, they still would have given up that many points. They, they, probably probably wouldn't, down, they wouldn't have been down that many, though. I think okay, if but even if we're talking game about was one 20, game, though. We're talking about if one you, game. If you head into that halftime at 27, let's say 10, it is a different story because the game is not so far out of reach that it's going to be one of those historic comebacks. Like even 20, like 27-14, two touchdowns in the first half, well, which that's is not that, a I'm, great... I'm giving it 27-10 because I'm saying all you need, they went out and scored a touchdown the next drive, right? Then it's then it, Now it's 27-17. You're looking at a 10-score game early in the third quarter. That is a different story than yes, being Yes, okay, obviously if you're down point 17 game. points, hey, Aaron, okay, you're down 17, you still have a whole half to play. Yes, I understand that. But they still weren't able to really make the adjustments in the second half to stop the run. You know, they, they they didn't make the adjustments. The offense made adjustments in the second half. They finally put up some points, put up some drives together. The defense didn't make any adjustments. But if you ever heard it, like, I think the whole second half of this game was considered garbage time. I think this game ended when the, when the whistle blew to end the second quarter. Well, they did bring it within two scores with six minutes left. And then the Niners converted on three third downs. If they're able to get one of those stops, you know, maybe at least Rodgers can work something out. But who's Rodgers going to work something out with who? Like, they, Devontae Adams, like, he's double-covered all game long, and we we talked about our Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams had the biggest play of the game for Green Bay and burned Richard, Richard uh, Sherman, sorry. He, he did. burned him on a 60-yard Yeah, he did have a good out. play. But that's not going to win you games. You can't just win games on keep burning the same guy. Aaron, the 49ers have one of the best defensive lines in the game. Aaron Jones does not get any production. That means your only real threat on offense right now is Devontae Adams. What are, what do you think the 49ers were doing game planning into this game? They're not going, oh, we got to think about uh, Alan Lazard. He could really burn us on those routes. No, they're thinking, what is Devontae Adams going to do to maximize his production with Aaron Rodgers? And they covered that, and that's why the, the offense couldn't put up any points in the first half. Yes, they started putting up points in the second half, but the defense did make some adjustments. They only let up 10 points in that second half, which is still a bit, but it's only 10 compared to the 27 I think, before. I think 10's pretty good for want, a half of football. And you want to know why? Because the offense was able to put up points, so the defense was able to stay off the field. The defense was able to gain some confidence back. And I know you're going to say, oh, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. But here's the thing, Dallas. D- football is a team game. The defense is not one team, and the offense is not one team. It is one team. It's not the Green Bay Packers defense taking on the San Francisco 49ers offense versus the Green Bay Packers offense. It's not two different games. It is one game. The offense needs to get production. Offense can't put up zero points and a half and expect to be able to win that game. doesn't matter how many points your defense gives up because your offense still needs to put up points to win a football game. How do you win a football game? You score more points than the other team. 
<laughs> well, there's a statement from Aaron. I think another thing that I just completely rolled over here when you talk about the Green Bay offense, and like, yeah, I, I agree with Aaron that the um, that the Green Bay offense needed to be a lot better in this game, and they did 100%, but they were, they were going up against one of the best defenses in the NFL, if not the best defense in the NFL, but... I don't think that's much of an excuse when you've got Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, who could be the best quarterback wide receiver duo in the NFL right now. Another yeah. thing I was going to say is um, just look at it. We talk about how you need a, you need weapons on offense to be a good team. And let's be honest, outside of those three and two of them really didn't play well. Maybe all three of them didn't play well in this conference championship game. Both teams in the Super Bowl, they have like unlimited weapons on offense. Look at the Niners. They've got Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, George Kittle, uh, Raheem Mostert, George, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. They got uh, all these types of weapons all over the field. And then you look at Kansas City, who's got Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Patrick Mahomes, who is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I mean, these both these teams in the Super Bowl have absolutely amazing offenses. Yeah, no, totally, and that's a, like that's a thing with uh, San Fran. Richard Sherman was was great this game. They didn't really go at him until late in the fourth quarter. Really, Richard Sherman has has had a huge bounce back year, and it's still kind of funny to see him be a 49er. To, like just watching him, he, he's still on the 49ers. It's still kind of weird to me. I know he's been there for a little while now, but he did tear his ACL with Seattle. He was released. He's had a bounce back here. He was named to the Pro Bowl. Obviously, he's not going to the Pro Bowl because he's going to the Super Bowl. But yeah, they've got some really great weapons on defense and on offense, too. Um, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to do a whole lot. We've kind of touched on that. And they're, they're, they are known for attacking on the ground, though. They really are. Like They're going to pound it down your throat. That, that's their style of offense. And it's, it's a good style, and it works for them. I don't know. They do this. They do the running back by committee thing with Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. And they've got like uh, Matt Breida. They got like a bunch of running backs that they go uh, one gets hot every game kind of thing. And that's kind of who they roll with uh, in the uh, this week. Obviously, it was Raheem Mostert. The week before, it was Tevin Coleman. So um, against the Vikings. So they just get one of these running backs to get hot. And that's what they do. I don't know if I'd like. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, he's uh, still developing, obviously. But uh He's good for. He didn't throw the ball enough in this one, this game where you could see it. But I think in the Super Bowl they're gonna have to run the ball a little bit more. I mean, if they can shut down, if the Chiefs defense can shut down Derrick Henry, I expect them to be able to shut down Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. Um, I think you'll see this in the Super Bowl. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is good for one or two uh, turnovers, if not bad throws, or could have been turnovers a game where you're kind of like questioning him a lot, which is I think is a big concern for the 49ers heading into the Super Bowl. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just if, if if you don't have to do a whole lot, if you only have to throw the ball seven or eight, like he's obvious it's not gonna be a repetitive thing in the Super Bowl because it's just not gonna go that way. Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna have to be much better in the in the Super Bowl for them to have a chance at winning. What yeah. do you mean by much better? Like what He's gonna you... have to be more productive. He's, okay. They're gonna have to go through the I, I, Okay, I understand that more. I think uh, yeah, obviously he's gonna have they're gonna have to go through the air a bit more than the ground. Uh, they're gonna have to mix it up somewhat, but yeah, he's not gonna get away with just yeah. throwing. I don't 80 think I'd say he has to be round. better. I think he just has to be able to throw it more. Because honestly, it wasn't him. He, they didn't care. He was doing fine. He, they were all he had to do was hand off the ball, and the guy would run twenty yards downfield. Why? Why would? Why do you need to throw the ball, right? Yeah. So he didn't. He doesn't need to be better in the Super Bowl. I just think you're gonna be need to be more productive because now Kansas City knows. Okay, we gotta watch the run game a bit more, right? Guy just had 200 plus yards. We got to watch a run game. So if they come out throwing the ball, 
It's going to throw off it, throw off the game plan. Yeah, it's very unlikely you win a Super Bowl when your quarterback throws eight passes all game long. No. I just want to get into this a little bit before we move on to a couple of retirements in the NFL. The more I think about it, the more there is so many interesting storylines going into this Super Bowl, whether it's from the coaching aspect. You've got two of the best play callers in the NFL going at each other in the Super Bowl. You've got uh, two, I guess Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit older, but you got two new quarterbacks on the who are pretty new on the scene as starter quarterbacks and have been absolutely on fire since they became starters. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is what now? Like, what's his record? He's lost five games as a starter. I think he's 22 and or 23 and four now as a starter. Yeah, something like that. And Patrick Mahomes has got a ridiculous um, record. record. Stats. Uh, both running backs are undrafted coming into this. So Raheem Mostert and Damian Williams for the Chiefs. And another one I kind of find interesting is that you, t- you talked about Richard Sherman a little bit earlier and how he's kind of like uh, rejuvenated his career, had a nice little bounce back year. You want to talk about someone who's rejuvenated his career, like a Tyron Matthew um, on the Chiefs. He, he was dead to rights when he got cut from Arizona and he played well with the Texans last year but no one really knew about him and this year he's been absolutely incredible so you got two uh veteran defensive guys who used to be superstars kind of regaining that superstar um title this season which I think is very very interesting another exciting matchup on the D-line you've got Frank Clark coming from the Chiefs and you got Nick Bosa who was drafted second overall this year by the way by the Niners what what a crazy story that is though the Niners. That's another one, yeah. They were this. They had the second overall pick in the draft. They're playing in the Super Bowl. It really shows just how deep the NFC is overall. I think compared to the AFC. But I I don't know. Maybe that's another argument for another day. But I guess in the NFC, anyone can really win it. Most people. I was telling Aaron earlier. Most people had San Fran not even in their top ten this year starting off, and now they're playing in the Super Bowl. Everyone kind of thought. Oh. Everyone kind of thought Kansas City would would be. You know, at least playing this past weekend, right? Like if you mm-hmm. if you drew it up on a piece of paper, you had Kansas City at least in that game or in the one before well, you, it. Well, you had the MVP on your team. Like you yeah. got you got to yeah. give them some credit. Like oh, totally. You look at the 49ers, They don't really have any of those. Wow, that's a superstar going going into the season at least, right? Well, I think Correct. a lot of things came together for the 49ers this year where they're obviously taking advantage of it. But again, no one really expected Richard Sherman to be this productive this year. No one expected Nick Bosa to be this dominant in his rookie year. And no one really expected the rest of the 49ers defensive line to be this dominated because it was really bad before Nick Bosa got there. Like they spent so many picks on their defensive line and it just wasn't performing. And then Nick Bosa comes in and completely transforms their defense i mean quan alexander even though he was hurt throughout the regular season he's played well in these playoff games he's uh he's been a great addition for the 49ers so a lot of things came together for the 49ers this year and i think they're uh, taking advantage of it yeah totally and they've got their guy with the head coach too kyle shanahan yeah uh finally kind of got that got his roster where he wanted it to be in his third year now as the head coach um yeah no i i think the 49ers you got to give a lot of credit to them. A lot of people said, including me, that they didn't seem like that scary one seed. You know, like, oh, if we play them as the one seed, we can win. You know, they, they just, they, teams or people still wrote them off, even though they were the one seed, yeah, including myself. I, so I, I was right there with you. I did. I was all year long. I didn't think the Niners were a very good team. And uh, well, not a very good. I thought they were a good team, but I didn't think they were Super Bowl bound by any means. Well, it gives teams like that confidence because it's not like. They just have those superstars that need to perform for them to do well. It's everybody needs to do their job and they'll they'll win the game. So you look back on different teams in history and there's been there's been other one seeds that have been just doubted. It's like, oh, they're not really a number one seed. They're just they just got a 
good draw on the schedule or something like that, right? But that motivates a team because they, don't get me wrong, they all read what critics are saying. They all read what the analysis is saying. They all have a TV. They're all wa- probably not watching this podcast, so to say, but they're watch- They're listening to podcasts. They're doing that I don't stuff. Oh, maybe Richard Sherman's listening. That'd be pretty. What's cool. up, Richard? It's possible, Richard. Hello. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But um, yeah. So they they all know what people are saying, so they want to prove people wrong. And it's also a lot of these guys are younger. They're trying to get another big contract coming up. They're playing to get that big contract. Whereas you guys, you look at like Aaron Rodgers and those guys. They're coming to their end of the career. They're going to be paid. They've already made their money. Not saying they don't want to win again, but it's just not as incentive. It's not really a word, but you know, I know, what, I know what you know, you know what I'm yeah. getting at. But like, yeah, the young guys, they really want to win. The 49ers are just one of those teams that they'll play hard and they'll give you a contest every single game. That, I was, I'm going to add on to that. And I agree 100% with what you're saying. They don't depend on one player for their for their success. I mean, obviously, they've got some big names. You look at Richard Sherman, Nick Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo. They've got big names, but Jimmy Garoppolo threw eight passes in the NFC Championship game, and they they absolutely dominated that game. An undrafted running back who's been cut by seven teams before six joining... Teams, six, six teams. Six teams, sorry, before joining the 49ers, ran all over. Like, they don't depend on one player, which I think is is why they're going to win the Super Bowl. Wow. I'm, I know we're not doing picks this week, but we're, we're there gonna you do, go. Yeah, so we're going to do a show next week kind of dedicated to the Super Bowl. Obviously, there's no real games to uh, review next week unless we're going to review the Pro Bowl, the most important game. Uh-huh. Most important game on the season. Like, like, honestly, I don't even know why people watch the entire season. I just watch for the Pro Bowl. Well, yeah, oh, That's man. all I watch for. The, the, uh, the yeah. Skills, baby. Skills, competition. <laughs> so exciting. So exciting. Um. So we're going to move on to, uh, there was two big NFL, well, not one was really surprising and one we kind of thought he was already retired. Um, but uh, last week, I just want to throw this out there, last week's podcast got uploaded on Wednesday, and um, at, but we recorded it on Tuesday, and as we finished recording, literally like half an hour later, it was added that Luke Keekley retired, so that's why it wasn't uh, talked about in last week's podcast, obviously, so we're going to talk about it a little bit uh, right here, just because... We missed it last week. We were going to do a little bit of a, a little segment at the start there, but we didn't. Oops. Um, so, yeah, that's. I just want to say that's why it wasn't talked about is because we didn't know it was happening as we were recording the podcast. You know what? Honestly, Luke Keekley is honestly possible. said honestly a couple times. Uh, Luke Keekley is probably one of my favorite players, not of all time, but for sure one of my favorite players on defense of all time. I loved watching Luke Keekley. He was able to rush the quarterback. He was able to give you different looks that it looked like he was dropping back in coverage, but actually blitz. Or it looked like he's blitzing, he's dropping back in coverage. And that confuses the quarterback. And I thought Luke Keekley was... Obviously, it didn't look like he was slowing down, but we've seen this thing in the past where head injuries catch up to players. And since it's so in the media now and doctors are looking out for it and all that stuff, people are able to end their careers like that now. Because it's like, oh, the head injuries are too bad. And I think it's a good thing, but it's also a very scary thing to think about how many people came before them that didn't have this technology and the doctors that we have today. Yeah, I think this uh, is a very similar to Andrew Luck at the beginning of the year situation where no one really expected him to retire. But Luke Keekley's dealt with injuries his entire career. He's obviously just, this is he's obviously made his money. He's I think he's one of the best middle linebackers of all time. Um, obviously, he's been dominant, leads the NFL in tackles almost every single year. Um, I was 
surprised when I saw this, but the second I saw it, I figured it had to do with uh, his injuries and his uh, concussion problems. So. And yeah, he's obviously just kind of taking care of his health going forward. Man, what a crazy player he was, though. He was just so good. And he was a seven-time All-Pro player. Made it seven out of the eight years to the the first team, the All-Pro team, which is just yeah. absolutely spectacular. Yeah, but this one does go into the level of Andrew Luck, and Calvin Johnson is another one. Yeah. And, and stuff has actually come out about Calvin. You guys have heard that, too. The stuff that has come out about Calvin Johnson, he said that he smoked marijuana before every single NFL game that he played. He didn't get caught, obviously, um, but... Uh, isn't it kind of... It's crazy to it, think of that, because it, to know what kind of pain that guy played through and what, obviously, Luke Keekley played through and what Andrew Luck played through, he suffered a ton of injuries to Andrew Luck. If we're, if we're, I just want to add on the uh, the marijuana thing for a second, because I did read that story, but isn't it kind of funny how Maggot... Calvin Johnson is one of the best receivers we've seen in a long time. Smoked weed before every single one of his games. But a guy like Josh Gordon, who has barely been able to play in the NFL for the last, what is it, five years now? Because of smoking weed, do you make do you maybe think that they're kind of hiding a little bit more from Josh Gordon, or maybe a little bit more serious than weed, and uh, he's got some actual seriously a, a serious addiction problems, or do you think it's genuinely they just Calvin Johnson did a better job of hiding it? I think the that second one that you said uh, to an extent, but obviously I think Josh Gordon had a more of an addiction to it, while Calvin Johnson just used it for playing reasons. I don't think Calvin Johnson went out on a random Friday and just got high just just because, you know? Yeah. I feel like it was something to do with, you know, okay, I'm playing football. I have this absolutely huge head injury. I, we play on Sunday. It's a must win. If I sit out, I'm looked upon as a loser as someone that is weak. So I'm going to go and smoke weed so that I can actually play in this game. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Josh Gordon is just like, hey, hey let's go. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel bad for Josh Gordon. He clearly has an addiction problem. He's tried to fix himself, tried to get himself help throughout and get back into the NFL and start an NFL career, get, try to get back what he used to be. But um, obviously, it's just probably not even going to work out for him. Yeah, at this, at this point, yeah. And you know what? He It's, it's sad because the talent level that he displays is nuts but again it's, it's a lot to do with the with the injuries and I mean maybe he can't come up and play without doing it which is sad but it might be true um just to to touch on a subject major league baseball this offseason approved of marijuana across the league players are allowed to use it um as regular human beings which is exciting I know we're an that NFL. will be coming in the NFL and like yeah, that'll be that would probably that'll be, be by yeah. this off season. That would probably be a thing. I, I hope so because just I I know it's probably tough as a commissioner standpoint. You you have guys in the off season that might abuse the 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 drug or whatever and other drugs, but um, obviously baseball players have yeah. to play every single day. They're probably like, well, football players only have to like. The, but the argument is stupid. It should be allowed, and I think it should because we would it's, see we, we would see more healthy. Players. The th the it's illegal, like almost. It's illegal all across Canada now, and uh, in the states, it's legal in a lot of places now too. So it's like it's not even like it's illegal to smoke weed anymore. So it's definitely coming the, to the major leagues. It's the, still developing, I think, overall. That yeah. the yeah. The one the one thing is though, it's just it's one of those things. Leagues don't want to. They don't want to encourage the use of drugs, but there is a thing where. Well, I'm guess I'm going to touch on this Josh Gordon thing. Is um. Josh Gordon was more of like he'd use it not for like really health base, 
And I think that's what they're scared of. They don't want their players to just start using it for that stuff. They don't want a talented it, player to go off the rocks yeah, and kind and of. I know. think they, they kind of just want it to be, you know what? If you need medical marijuana, it is safe to use. And I think it's safe for the players to use if they need to use it. But it's not one of those things where they want people. And this kind of comes back to the Josh Gordon thing. I guarantee, I'm not saying there's other things they're covering up. I'm just thinking there's things that he's done because of being on drugs that has caused him to do other things that have brought attention to the NFL, so they suspend him after that. Whereas Calvin Johnson was just using it to go play football, and he wasn't really doing anything wrong, so there was no draw to him. There was no, like, you know what, he could be, he he needs to be suspended, right? He wasn't really doing anything wrong, whereas Josh Gordon was... He could have been doing other stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, and I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here a little bit. Obviously, I think um, I think from an owner's and a coach's point of perspective, I wouldn't want marijuana to become uh, non-testable in the NFL just because I think at that point you would get certain players like showing up to practices and, tra- and meetings just completely stoned, and that's... I don't think that's effective at all. Like, I don't think that'll help anyone. Well, see, that's the thing, though. You can still, as an owner, you can still make rules within your team. You yeah, can still true. say, that's a good point. you know what, you can't you can't just come to practice. Yeah, I, like, you know what, that's a good right? point. Good so there's, point. there is rules there where the owner can still make rules. Like, you're not going to be abusing this stuff. If you need it, like, after a game, you're very, like, you need medical marijuana, you can use it. But we don't want you just using it just because you can use it now. Yeah. Right? They they want to be using it as medical, totally like, like a medical thing. And it's not supposed to be just for recreational um, good time use. Yeah. Right? Speaking of good time use, I just want to touch on it quickly here in the last segment. Let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr.'s behavior. I have one more the- segment why, after whoa, this, but why, it's more my whoa. fun. What about Antonio Gates? We've got to give him a shout out. He retired. What a Chargers legend. I'll do it right now. Anyways, uh, Antonio Gates retired. Um one of my favorite all-time chargers, or one of my favorite chargers of all time. Is he still in the league? Was he still in the league last year? Did, what huh? did he do? That did, was he hurt this entire year? He was officially like, retired. He's officially retired. Anyways, okay. he officially retired on this week. Uh, Hall of Famer, 100%. One of the best tight ends I've seen in my lifetime, 100%. Um, just want to say, uh, hope you have a happy retirement, Antonio Gates. You deserve it. You made the Chargers look really good for a long time, and uh, you're one of my favorite players of all time. So I just want to throw that out there. All right. Dallas, you do your last segment, and then I got my question of the week. Actually, I got two questions this week. All right. Two fun questions. We'll, uh, we'll hit it quick. Just 30 seconds. Give me your thoughts. Odell Beckham Jr. acting up in the locker room with when LSU won the national championship. Is this a big deal or not? I just, so, you okay, go. You, okay. I just want to who what is wrong with this guy? This guy is a complete drama queen. Why? First of all, handing out money to college players. Obviously, that's not allowed. And then smacking the rear end of a police officer. Who is this guy? Like, does, can this guy not get his act together? To save his, like, honestly, he had a horrible year in Cleveland. If he keeps acting out like this, I would not be surprised to see Odell Beckham Jr. out of the league in, like, two or three years. If he keeps this up, his production goes down. Look at Antonio Brown. That guy's never going to get an NFL job again. Let's hope not. So, uh, my opinion on, first of all, the slapping. Um, Tons of videos out there of random people slapping an officer in the same way Odell did. But the issue is Odell, big-time male like athlete obviously in the center light everybody's going to accuse him like that's not right you can't do that 
But if someone else does it, it's not as big of a deal. But he's, he's sorry, he's Odell Beckham Jr. No, he's got to know that I, that's I, not, I that's not okay. Right. And then the money thing, in my opinion, he could have done that so much more subtly because the, I'm sorry, the NCAA is not going to know Odell Beckham handed a guy 200 bucks behind a stadium and there's no cameras around. You can't be doing it on the field and just go, here you go. Thanks, man. But, but why is he doing that? Because yeah, I, I that's know, my man. question. No, that's I the stupidest thing about these it. Are the guys, these are the guys why? he worked out with. He wants to pay, like, congratulations. You did it. Good job, right? And he just he just wants to, like, help them out, I guess. Because they, they can't make any money right now. They're not allowed to use... They're not allowed to have any sort of income. Odell Beckham went through that. He knows what it's like. You know what? You won the championship. I've trained with you. I've, you're, I'm not too far removed from it. Here's a bit of money. But, but I, he should have done it in a better way. Not in the spotlight of cameras, because that just causes so much controversy. Now there could be LSU players suspended because they say, took money. Yeah, he's getting these LSU players in so much trouble. The because LSU they took is now under investi- They are they're still under investigation by the NCAA, and their championship is somewhat tainted because everyone now just wants to talk about Odell yeah, Beckham you- the next day, and it's a little unfair because that Joe Burrow was absolutely phenomenal and. Uh, the LSU program has got got back to where they finally got to back in 2007. They finally won again, and that's I, all like that's what people wanted to talk about. But then they found themselves talking about Odell and the police officer. I, I 100% and agree. And a huge shout out to the police officer for not pressing charges. If he did, I would have given him all the right. But a lot of people online are calling him a snowflake, and oh, I'm sure he's so hurt. Well, like, if that, what if that happens just every single day? I, I don't think too many people are going to be want to be police officers th- if they can't do anything about the, it. The officer knows, though, like, what the situation is, and he knows it's the heat of a moment. We don't know. I'm not going to say Odell Beckham was intoxicated in any way, but we don't know what he was doing. We don't know his situation. And I'm not saying police officer doesn't have the right to press charges because they totally do. I'm just thinking the police officer knows what's going to happen in court. Most likely that charge is going to be like a thousand dollars, thousand dollar fine, and Odell Beckham's gonna look at the guy and go, "Okay, here's a thousand bucks." Guys, yeah. let's look at the yeah. most. Uh, I think what definitely happened in the situation: Odell Beckham went to the police officer. He's like, "Here's ten thousand bucks. Don't press charges. Drop mm. the charges." I don't. I don't think Odell Beckham would have said, "Don't press charges," because the video's already leaked. The whole issue's already out there. But that whole like, legal trouble that just would have been Odell Beckham's name would have been in the news for the next month because of this he's going to court against a police officer i think odell beckham's and his management team is like let's just give this guy well, five ten grand and it, he'll go away yes and no it's still a simple battery battery sorry simple battery so it's not a big charge but i do want to ask you two quick questions before we wrap up this podcast Perfect. okay one is about in a way the ncaa but other ones just for fun okay let's hear them so I'm not going to tell you my point of view. Okay. Cincinnati, ba- Cincinnati Bengals head in to this draft with the first overall pick. Could you see them trading the pick, being bad for another year, and going for Trevor Lawrence next year and getting some more assets this year to build a team instead of just going off Joe Burrow? Yes, I could see them doing that. I don't. Th- I think they should do that. I think it's smarter, but I don't think they will. Sorry. So no, I don't see them doing that. But I think that's a better idea. Is maybe get uh, another keep move down to maybe three or four or even. You don't yeah. even have to. You could you could move right out and like 
you could give you could get a couple first rounds next year. I would or still, you could go get some players for your team. If I'm the Bengals, I would still want to stay in the high first round of this year's draft. Maybe get uh, the corner out of Ohio State or the offensive lineman from uh, Iowa. Someone in a top five pick there kind of thing. But I could see them getting uh, the f- like the fifth overall pick and giving up the first overall pick for like maybe like the 15th pick in next year's draft or like the 10th pick in this year's draft. Something along those lines where they would have to stay in the top five and then get another high pick next year kind of things. But I think it's smarter for them to do yeah, that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's crazy for them to look what's out there for that first pick. And if it's three first rounders over the next two seasons, I mean, Ooh. that's crazy what good. Did, what did the Redskins give up for RG3? It would be probably similar to that. Yeah, even when um, the the Bears and 49ers made that swap, because a lot of people don't actually remember that when Mitch Trubisky got drafted second overall, it was actually the 49ers that held that spot. The Bears were third, and the Bears moved up to get him, imagine, even though Patrick Mahomes was still on the imagine table. Imagine they never traded for Jimmy Garoppolo and drafted Mitchell Trubisky instead. Yeah, that would be pretty crazy. Crazy. All right, what was your other question there, Aaron? <sighs> All right. Me and Dallas, yesterday we bought a pizza. Oh, God. I have a question. All right. I'm mm. here. If to you have to it. pick two pizza toppings, cheese oh. is already added. What are your two pizza Easy. toppings? Easy. Dallas, you want to go first? Uh, is no, it two? You go Just first. Just two? Two pizza toppings. Just two. Okay, so it's not that easy. And uh, here, no, I'll tell you what we got on the pizzas afterwards, but you can go. I, I like veggies on my pizza. So okay. I would go. Maybe green peppers and pepperoni, but I all I usually go pepperoni, sausage, green pepper. Okay. Because I really like sauce, but I'm gonna go pepperoni, green pepper. Yeah. See, that's the hard thing. It's only two, so yeah. it's tough. Two, two is tough. Two is tough. Two is tough. So I think what ended up happening is. Oh um, no no no! I want to hear what you want. Okay. Well, if it's just me and my pizza, I could go ham and pineapple or and or pepperoni all day long. Pineapple. Yes. Wow. But if it is. A team effort, pepperoni, or an all-meat pizza is always great. All right. My final one is I'll probably go pepperoni and bacon. But yesterday, we did, in fact, go pepperoni and extra pepperoni. And then the other one was pepperoni and bacon. Let's hear from Michael Bonora, who just showed up out of nowhere. Hello, Michael. How's it going? Good. How about yourself? Oh, it's so great to have a fresh voice on the podcast. Let's get your opinion on it real quick. You get two pizza toppings. What? What's your choice? Pepperoni and uh, bacon. Actually, sausage and bacon. I'll go with sausage and bacon. Yeah. We like it. All right. That is all the time we have for that is on... the Italian Bonora. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. Out of no nowhere. pineapple. Sorry, from I have to the... kick you guys out of here. From the <laughs> Bonora, would you please? Alrighty. All right. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll be next. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode. But for now, we will see you next week. Easy with the right boot, Mister Bonora. Oh boy. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Watch the Pro Bowl.